Big Face Coffee is going to be like the, the takeover that will become Big Face Coffee after. Could you imagine the endorsements that the partners, the investors, they're going to want to help him out after this? It's going to be unbelievable. He's going to be on every commercial in America. It's going to be the best thing that's ever happened. Bro, and yeah. B would have to retire. Cat would have to retire. Wiggins would have to get released. Yeah. Simmons I can't mean, come back to America. Bro, Wiggins is already throwing Cat under the bus. Did you see the report today? Man, I should have brought that up on the pod. Earlier, yeah, what do you say? But beforehand, uh, I was reading this earlier today. He said something of, "Oh, it was it was other players there. Like I didn't have. A, I actually wasn't the one who had a problem with Jimmy. Like it was somebody else." Bro, so, your brother was talking shit. Like, yeah, I remember that shit. <laughs> I, 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 I do, I do remember that actually. Not to bring it up, so I don't know what Andrew Wiggins is talking about. But uh, yeah, a little uh, bust throwing, if you ask me. I don't think you you need to be doing that if you're Andrew Wiggins. Jesus. But. Yo, yeah. Jimmy Butler, if the Heat win, that means all the shit that Jimmy Butler talked for the last three, four years, he was right. <laughs> look at all those I, I players think, different. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not yeah. looking at Embiid the same. I'm not looking at Ben Simmons yeah. the same. Like, I, yeah. I, think he, I think he's already right. But if, yeah, me if, too. If, if, he, if he wins, if he wins, like, you don't get to argue anymore is the thing. Like, if, if he loses, you get to still like, all right, well, I have our side of it. You know, he didn't have enough to win at all. But, like, if, if he wins, like, you'll never – You'll never hear the end of it. That you can't tell that. Like, just make his bust of the Hall of Fame already. Just expedite his trip, punch his ticket, uh, have the ceremony right after he he he. You know, has his parade in Miami. Like, just let let this man have his uh, red carpet moment because you're never gonna let him live it down. Yo, hot take, damn! I should have said this on the pod. If the Heat win, the Heat will retire Jimmy Butler's jersey before LeBron. <laughs> damn, if the Heat win, that, that locks in Giannis. 2022. That's it. Ooh. Ooh. I think Depot's actually in for them, too. Did you see the report? Oh, my God. Depot might be leaving, uh, supposedly, on the outs of Indy. He was doing so, so well there. Oh yeah, but God. they're going to be like, you know what? This, this is Tyler Hero. He he earned this. Yeah. I think his spot. Because Tyler's probably going to be a starter next year and shit. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know. I, I, I saw some uh, – some heat pacers conversation huddles after the series wrapped up and it was a lot of depot smiling with bam and some of the other guys right after they had just lost uh so like like the writing has been like on the wall i don't know exactly what would happen i don't know if they're trading i I don't know what the what it would look like but i'd be interested to see i think the thing with that trade is because i don't think they envisioned Dragic coming back or at least that was the story most of the season was Dragic was going to be done in miami Mm -hmm. So Depot was then going to be like the younger, higher upside focus, assuming they can get him right physically. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. They're going to have an interesting offseason to some degree anyway, but, you know, it is what it is. Folks, welcome to another episode of the Three to the Dome podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kyle Maggio, joined by my close personal friends, Giovanni and Johnny. What's going on, boys? What's up, bro? Doc bro. Rivers got canned, man. Uh, that's what's up. Doc Rivers is canned. Uh, he's been ransacked. Uh, he, he, is, he is out of L.A. after a, an eternity there. Uh, first reactions from you guys. What, what did you think? I was surprised that they actually picked him as a scapegoat. I thought maybe they'd try to move a piece or something, maybe shift the roster around, but instead they put it on Doc, who is the winningest coach in Clippers history. 
and after just one try, they get rid of him. I just think it's a very risky move that I didn't see coming. All right, so I, I, I've seen it because you know what? You, you look at Kawhi Leonard and you look at Paul George, they can opt out after next season. They're in a win now yesterday mode. They have to win. And the fact that they lost in the conference finals after blowing the 3-1 lead, after being up 20 in game five and six, and they lose, like somebody had to take the blame for that. You can't just run it back because that is not okay. Like, you know, that is not okay. So somebody had to take the blame. And honestly, I saw Doc taking the blame because I was watching those games. I was watching game seven, and I told you guys, I don't have cable, so I have League Pass. So in League Pass, they let you watch it from a different angle with no commentary. So I'm watching the game, and you can hear the players on the court. And what stood out to me in that game seven was when the Clippers won defense, Doc Rivers was just standing there while the defensive coordinator was the one who was shouting out like what they had to do on defense and he was just letting him like take like letting him control the team and I thought and I thought that was a little strange I never really seen an NBA coach defer to his other coaches that way and that you know the coach is standing next to him and screaming at the guys and telling them what to do so I thought that was a little strange but to be honest with you it's no surprise that the doc is gone and like, yo, they need to do something. They need to win. Kawhi can opt out and Paul George can opt out. And those seven draft picks that they gave up could could be all for nothing. Wow. It, it's, a, it's a lot of draft picks. Like, like so I, obviously when the Clippers make that trade, and I know everybody says it was all for Paul George, which by, by rule technically it was for just Paul George. But in reality, Kawhi wasn't going to agree to that signing until Paul George was there. So it really was Correct. it really was for both of them. Now, that said, uh, if it's for only two years of both of them and then they're out, like that's that's a tremendous failure. Obviously you would have hoped that you you won or came significantly closer than uh blowing a three one lead in, in the semis. Uh and and in hopes to get them to continue to resign. But I obviously I, I think even us we were pretty high in them this year and to see them kind of flounder. Uh was disappointing, but it seems like the point of contention for them was Steve Ballmer didn't feel confident that uh, going into next season, Doc Rivers was going to have any new uh, new game plans, new new angles to attack this from. It seems like he was stuck in his ways, and then later on it came out that uh, one of those things that he was stuck on was he wanted to play uh, Harrell over Zubach continuously, and we knew that you just looked at any of the games it was pretty clear uh you know Harold was kind of getting played off the floor sometimes and he he is very impactful for the things that he could do but we've seen certain big certain years struggle and it's not really a knock on the player as a whole but it's just the matchup isn't good for them at times and so he got some bad ones is the point and Zubac was keeping up and he didn't go back to the well and if you look I looked at the net rating um with the with the Paul George Kawhi minutes and Zubac had the best net rating that he was like a plus 11 and Harrell was the worst with minus 30 with those two guys. And if you're going to try to win with those two guys, all that really matters is who works best with them from there on out. And you might like Harrell and maybe, maybe the next match would have been better the, for him, but it just wasn't, it just was not there and he was forcing it. Yeah. The thing is in Harrell's defense, he was the sixth man of the year this year. For sure. But, you know, in the playoffs, it's all about winning. If you can't win with them, then you have to sit them. 
Yeah. Seems like he went with seniority. Harrell has more name, more acclaim, so then he played him more Zuvac, but he wasn't playing for the matchups, and that was a problem. Like, even Lou Williams. Lou Williams is an amazing offensive threat, but he was getting targeted every time down the floor. It's all about adjustments in the playoffs. It's all about matchups and adjustments. That's why coaching matters more here than anywhere else. And if you're not going to adjust, you're going to look like Budenholzer. You're going to look like Doc, and you're going to get embarrassed when you shouldn't. And it's unfortunate. And we, I really like Doc Rivers. I think he's he's a hell of a guy, like a hell of a human overall, a hell of a basketball like lifer and person. I think he's contributed tremendously to the NBA as a whole. I think we'd all agree he's a pretty damn good coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so it stinks. Like I think we all like in reality. I think we all wish well for him with the Clippers. Like we would have wanted that to work out, but it is what it is. Uh, I don't think he's gonna have a problem finding another job. Doc is one of the few guys that I would ever really worry about that with. I think he's gonna get snatched up this off season. I feel confident. Supposedly, uh, the, the the Pelicans and um, and another team already reached out. So. I, the Sixers, I, I saw, Pelicans, and the Sixers, I believe. Sixers. I saw yeah. some. I saw. I don't know if it was reported. I don't believe it was reported. But I saw some people uh, trying to link him to the Houston position, also. Which, I mean, yeah. either way, it seems like he's going to land in, in a spot where he's going to have some kind of a star or a superstar, and he's going to be able to. Kind of laying on his feet. He's going to be back in the playoffs next year. Uh, so I feel bad for Doc, but also, you know, you, you can't be that stuck in your ways either. Like, I, I, I don't – I always think it's silly to fire somebody off of, like, one series, but especially if this is your first year with those two guys. But it is what it is. Like, you know, like Johnny said, typically somebody's always going to be the fall guy. Uh, that's just a, a, a tried-and-true theme in sports. You see it every year, every season. So uh, – Better luck next time, Doc. Hope it works out for you at the next stop. But beyond whoever's going to take the reins next, and I wanted to ask you guys maybe who you who you were highest on for that position. I know Tyron Lue is an assistant there, and uh, he's somebody that's held in pretty high regard to you know Clippers people. But is that somebody you guys would want there, or is there somebody else that you think is a better fit with Kawhi and PG moving forward? In my opinion, yeah has to be T. Lou because you're talking about the most – this is probably one of the most win-now-or-go-home teams of the past 10 years, and you're risking Kawhi and yeah. PG leaving. So you can't just bring in a whole new coach with a whole new – you need some kind of familiarity. Maybe T. Lou, how he managed the Kyrie-LeBron personality. That's got to be the reason Ball right. fired him. You can't fire him and not know who you're going to hire. There's no way. Yeah, he's Ballmer's way too smart to just have a knee-jerk reaction to fire someone, you know. And yeah, I agree with G. I definitely see Tyron Lue being the best candidate available. You know, maybe not, you know, in terms of the X's and O's, but in terms of familiarity, like G said, there's nobody better. Yeah, I, and I, I like that you brought up the X's and O's things too because I've been seeing this a lot lately for Tyron Lue, and it really bothers me. Uh, people really lump him in for no reason at all. And, and I, I don't often do the race car thing here, but I'm going to do it this time. I think it's just because he's a black coach that they lump him in with the motivator players coach category. And I didn't quite understand that because if you watched him, even with Cleveland, like they were doing a lot of drawn up stuff. Like he had LeBron running a lot of drawn up stuff. And that was a big deal because we didn't ever see that other than with Spolstra. He wasn't running stuff that frequently you know a lot of it was just LeBron being LeBron play to play so he 
he has really, really good X's and O's, you know, like that, that's one of like his, his very obvious str- coaching strengths. I thought that was uh well known. And then I was disappointed to see some of the takes by that, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of what you want. You want somebody that understands it a little bit more tactically and is going to not, you know, coach with a, a bit of pride, I think with certain players. And I don't know. I mean, Tyron Lue, I remember never really had a problem butting heads or going at certain guys in Cleveland either. So I just feel like, that would be a good match, and you, you've already been there now. You've been an assistant. I think that's a good, like, organic move you can make. It doesn't really shake things up. I don't think you're going to really ruffle any feathers, you know? I don't think you're going to take did, any players by, by alarm here. Didn't he get fired after making it to the finals? Yeah. Uh, come on, man. It's got to be him. Yeah. So like, He's I mean, never not made it to the finals in any season he's yeah, coached. Be... Oh, go ahead. Okay, but so did David Black. David Black got fired from Cleveland after making the finals, and he's never coached the NBA again. Like, I, it I think, matter. I, I think at least with Tyron, like, I would have liked to see Tyron in Philly, to be honest with you. I was when that was initially like the, the rumor uh, that he was he might go yeah. there with Simmons in and beat. I got kind of excited. I was like, oh, look, a guy who actually understands like a, a floor game better than Brett Brown, who can, you know, maybe make sense of some of these lineups for once. My God, good for Philly. Like, what a. Like, what, what a smart coach for you guys to end up with. And uh, I, maybe they get D'Antoni now. I don't know. But I, I think it'd be good for Ty Lue. I think, look, what do you come think back, about D'Antoni with the Clippers? D'Antoni, they're, they're going to have to find that guy. They're going to have to find that guy at point guard. Could you imagine he's going to be like Reggie, like Reggie Jackson? You could put Paul George in that in that position. He could pass. He could dribble. I I, I don't know. I think you got to. I, I, I think yeah, I think it's uh, priority number one. They already need to get a uh, a point guard this offseason. But if you're gonna do that, I think D'Antoni, like you're gonna need somebody who's a little bit better for that. And I know that uh, PG has capabilities. He's but very it's specialized. Like, but it's like when they try to they try to make Melo a point. I don't know if you remember that. They, remember Melo was going to be a point forward one year at the Knicks and Dan Tony, and it was a, just – I don't know. I feel like you're forced to move if you're not like a LeBron or a Doncic. Just go go get a point guard. Let this man have his system. If you're going to hire Dan Tony, you know where this is going. All of his teams have played some kind of small ball or even the Knicks with Chris Duhon throwing 20 assists in a game. So you know what you're going to get. Go get this guy a guard. Get him an up-tempo system or don't waste your time. Don't waste his time. You know, like that that's kind of the way I feel about the D'Antoni thing. Unless you're going to lean all the way into what yeah. he wants to do, it's really not going to work. There's a lot of good coaches on the market. A lot. There's going to be like musical chairs between the coaches this, this offseason. Yeah. Pr- pretty yeah. much. I saw, so, I saw some people complaining with the Knicks about like, oh, this is why the Knicks should have waited. And it's like uh, – I, I mean, like, yeah. That's true. I, I get, to a degree. Like, I, to a degree. I don't disagree. Like, I, I would have preferred Doc. I think Doc's like, if if you could have attempted to get him, I would have thrown a bunch of money. But he's Doc Rivers. I mean, at worst, he's going to help you out. I mean, this isn't a contending team. It's not like we have real expectations. I would have taken a Doc. Yeah. What am I worried about? But yeah. you know, I disagree because then people would have said the uh, the Knicks waited too long. Plus, also, what are the odds that two playoff coaches? Well, they both made it to the second round and they both get fired, like Dan Tony and Rivers. Like that's rare. Yeah. So it's like I, mean, I wouldn't Dantoni, anticipate it was rumored for months. So yeah, but the Knicks weren't gonna hire D'Antoni, yeah. you know? No. 
So the next thing I want to bring up on the Clippers note still was uh, they obviously, like we just touched on, are going to need a point guard. Is there anybody that you guys would want? I, I've seen like sort of ironically CP3 suggested to go back to L.A. I just thought of that right away. I was like, okay, so uh, Blake is gone. DeAndre's gone. Like, he's good now. Pretty much, yeah. I, I, I don't think the salary – I don't know what you would do to make the salary work there. That seems – sounds pretty insane to think of those three guys making that much money, but – CP3 theoretically fits. They need somebody who's going to be able to put, to push the pace and make some shots and play some defense. And who better than Chris Paul, who is now making $40 million? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I, I, but I don't know. I mean, look, they took chances on who? Reggie Jackson, right? We know Pat Bev's not that guy, right? Like, Pat, we know what he does. He's a specialist. You're not getting anything extra. Hold on, before you go forward, I just want to say Reggie Jackson is the biggest loser in all of this playoffs because the Lakers wined and dined him. The Lakers courted him like I've never seen before. They gave him front row seats. Jeannie Buss was sitting next to him watching a game, and he chose the Clippers, and he wasn't even playing in those games at the end there. He wasn't even playing significant minutes. Like, he could have been playing with the Lakers, you know? Like, he could have taken Rondo's minutes. You know, and look at him. He's just now he's probably he's gonna he lost a chance out on the championship. Like I don't understand what was he looking for? Was it best chance to win, most playing time? Yeah, because maybe best chance to win, maybe and playing time, I guess. But he was gonna play with the Lakers, so I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know uh the whole thought process on it when guys make decisions like that, but I would imagine the Clippers probably made the same compelling argument of like, we obviously have a big role for you here. You're going to play some sort of a sixth to seventh band hybrid capacity. You're going to play probably 25 ish bigger minutes a game. Like it could have just been about preference. Like for example, like as a guard, right? Like if you're playing with LeBron and you're a guard, typically you don't want to play with LeBron Unless, you, unless, well, because like you need to be able to be a guard who's going to be able to pull up off the ball. You know what I mean? Spot up, do a little bit of both. You got to sort of be a combo guard when you play with LeBron. And if you're going to be too much in, in one direction, I, I don't think it makes sense for you. Like Reggie Jackson isn't enough of a shooter for me to make that make sense, which whatever, like they have Rondo and they've been playing them together. So my point doesn't make too much sense, but you know, typically those LeBron lineups work good when you have like, you know, Kyrie was there to like work with him pick his spots a little bit better. I think, you know, the Clippers probably were just going to let him have his same job, so to speak. He could just come in and be ball dominant because they badly needed a point guard and they were going to take a flyer on whoever. So I feel like he was going to have more of a say in the offense, more opportunities to call his own number, things like that. It might've just been, he, he was getting a little bit more responsibility versus like come fit in and fit in with LeBron and try to win this ring. So that would be like my, my, take or my guess anyway but I don't know who the answer is uh, at point guard for the Clippers uh, to be quite honest with you I don't think they're gonna have tons of money to be bidding in free agency I think this would have to be some kind of a, a trade they buy low on somebody who's making you know around 10 million dollars a year nothing wild so- So you think the Clippers missing? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I 
got uh sorry. So you think the Clippers missing ingredient is the point guard? I believe so personally. I mean, aside from their general lack of energy and focus as a as a broad team where they didn't seem to play like a contender and, and tighten up, but in terms of like tactically what makes sense with their roster, I, I thought that was their their biggest weakness aside from like the obvious not playing Zubach as much as they should have in the playoffs. I thought like those two things were like the obvious warts, you know, like even with Paul George not playing well, Kawhi was still stepping up. Like you're still getting contributions from the rest of the guys. Right. And it was like the things that really killed them in the end was like, man, who, who is matching up with Jamal Murray and like stepping up and go toe to toe with him, you know, at the point of attack on the perimeter. So it was nobody. He was getting, he was cooking everybody they threw at him. So there was that. I feel like having somebody, you know, more talented and more capable helps other than little specialists. And, uh, yeah, and, and the Harrell thing killed them. I think those two things. So I, I, I don't know if they need, a, like, a rim protector uh, or if they just need to play Zubach more next season and really commit to him. But uh, I think the, the biggest, like, roster move they got to do this summer is, like, they, they got – or offseason, not summer, sorry, uh, is uh, they need a point guard to me. Like who? Derrick Rose? Like who? Who's really going to be available at this point? Rondo. Journeyman Rondo. Like it. I don't know that I love anyone. G, G you're on mute. Tactically. I was going to say, yeah, a point guard and a rim protector because we saw what Dwight was able to do. And he's old and we could say washed, possibly getting to wash levels, even if they had someone of that level to borrow, uh, to bother Jokic. But even more to that point, I would say they need a leader. Like, who's the leader on that team? Kawhi is a mercenary to me. He's not a leader. Like, a leader gets you focused in those moments. He gathers you. He rounds up the troops. He's like, hey, we're being messy. Let's fix this. They don't have that. They don't have that. What stinks is they have enough veterans to have that. And none of those guys were like Kawhi theoretically is experienced enough is the talented one who could have. Right. But, 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 but again, as we've talked about, there's different kinds of leaders. Some guys just want to lead by example with their play and not vocally. Okay. But then you got guys who are louder, like Paul George, right? Paul George loves to talk. So what, what is he not doing right to help lead his team? Or you got have guys like, you know, Pat Beverly who've been in this league for a long time on, on pretty damn good teams. And, I know he gets a lot of flack, but he is generally well-respected by coaches, by teams. So it's like, where, where's Pat Beverly's veteran leadership? It, was just, it just seemed like they wanted to talk too much, like, yeah. like talk too much trash. And that, that's fine if you're taking care of business, but you can't, you can't do one and then never look like you're getting your, you know, your stuff together as a contender. They need a leader, but they need a leader in the form of a role player. So I would like suggest someone like a uh, P.J. Tucker somebody like that, you know, who's going to round up the troops, make the make sure, like, the star guys are on their game, going to push them, and he's going to always play hard. Like, P.J. Tucker is invaluable to Houston. You know, like, they need a guy like that, you know, that's a vet and that can just, you know, speak up and take charge when they need to, you know, in terms of personality. Lucky for them, they uh, have Jerry West on their side, so I know he can come up with something creative. Yeah. So – uh, enough of the Clippers thing. You know, we got the NBA final starting tomorrow. I'm very excited. I'm sure you guys are too. Uh, our Miami Heat lifelong transplant Heat fans here. 
since the season began. Uh, so a lot of fun watching th- this run that they've been on. I know we, we've personally enjoyed it very much in our group chats. Uh, it's been delightful. Jimmy Butler's a guy we've always rooted for collectively, so it's good to see him coming out on top. Uh, remember, this is Jimmy, uh, bad teammate Butler. Uh, yeah. we, we, were, we were assured he was a cancer. That's what everybody wanted you to believe. I had Knicks fans yelling at me all summer that they didn't want this bum, this cancer on their team. And uh, so now they're in the finals. So who's laughing? Who, who's yeah. laughing now? Uh, big face coffee. <laughs> so, yeah. so anyway, a uh, lot, lot of fun. Uh, you know, not just Jimmy. Bam has been lights out. You know, Goran Dragic has right. had, you know, an excellent playoff run. Uh, Harrow's been as good a, a rookie uh, offensive playmaker type guy that you could have uh, at his age. So a lot of young pieces, but they're playing the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, I don't know where you guys are going to fall on this one. I have been going back and forth on this between, uh, you know, like the Lakers haven't looked – as dominant as I would have liked for three rounds. I kept thinking there was going to be like the, the, the switch goes off and they have runs, but it's not like they have like the kill mode that we're used to seeing in a LeBron team. So I think this might be a little bit closer than what do you say? People want to like, let, I don't know, think the heat are going to win. I, I just think this is going to be, this is not going to be like Lakers in five. You know what I mean? I think this is like, <laughs> this is very much going to be like a Lakers in six or seven because they, I, they haven't shown enough for me to trust them. I think they, they went out because LeBron and AD, but I don't, they haven't shown enough for me to like really trust them 100%. All right, so my prediction is Lakers and five. <laughs> and, I, and I say that. <laughs> Yo, but I say that, you know, last time I was on this pod, I was pumping the heat. I love the heat, you know, and, and I still love the heat. And, and I respect the run that they had. But at this and before I go forward, like Bam has played incredible. So has Jimmy Butler. So has that whole team. But you're running into LeBron James and Anthony Davis. The Lakers, each of their series so far has been five games. Like they haven't went past five games. Like and LeBron has been kind of cruising, you know. So now LeBron is going to kick it into overdrive. LeBron is going to dominate. And I don't think Bam can cancel out AD with his production, you know. And and Jimmy Butler is great. He's a superstar, but he's not on LeBron's level. He can't fill it up like LeBron. He could play defense, but this is LeBron James, you know. And LeBron is going to – I think he's going to control so much of this game that it's going to overwhelm the Heat. Although I, I do like the Heat. You know, the Heat can, can have like three guys that can come off the bench and give you – 20 points, 15 to 20 points, which is great. The Lakers don't really have that. But in the fourth quarter, I think it's going to be all AD and LeBron. And as you see in the, in the Denver series, in the fourth quarter, LeBron was deferring to AD. He was letting him go off. But yeah, I don't think he's going to mess around in the finals. I think he's going to take matters into his own hands. So I say the Lakers in five. I, I hope I'm wrong. I, for the sake of being a fan and, and watching an entertaining series. But logically, I keep, going, I keep coming up with Lakers in five. I'm going to take the Lakers in six, and I can't wait to watch this because this is the ultimate clash in styles. You have a super top-heavy team with A.D., LeBron, and then basically a bunch of, like, cast-offs. Mm-hmm. And then you have a super deep team. Because if we rank all the players in this series, you go LeBron one, A.D. two, and then three through six would probably be the Heat, right? You got Jimmy. I was, was going to ask you guys this right after the song. Hero, Rob. Like, I just think pure depth. We're talking the Heat. So it's like, can they wear them down? 
can throw in Jay Crowder, Iguodala, Jimmy Butler, and LeBron, and then just have Bam bother AD and then have their reserves come in and take over. I don't know if that's enough. I'll take the Lakers in six, but I think it's going to be great to see because we have great coaching too. Vogel, I underrated him a lot, but he knows how to build elite defenses. That is true. His teams have always been good defensively. And uh, that that's but that question though was exactly what I wanted to ask you guys because it's to me yeah like very clearly LeBron and AD best two players in the series normally when you're judging a series that's what you go off of is is who are the best players in the series and if the best two are on one team that's generally the side you lean with because talent wins out in the NBA for the most part right so I understand that makes plenty of sense okay but then yeah when you really think about it it's like after that when when do the Lakers get back on the board. You know, for for having one yeah. of the it, it, then it, in in whatever order, it's probably you know Bam, Jimmy, uh, you know Harrow, Dragic, like Crowder. You, you probably go six or seven in a row just from the Heat before you go back to somebody from LA. And it's like, yo, no love for Kuz. Absolutely <laughs> no, not. no. Absolutely. I saw I saw some article had Kuz ranked. I think it was fifth or sixth, and they had uh, Harrow ranked underneath Kuz and. Kuz's best playoff game was like 18 points, five rebounds. That was his best playoff yeah, game. Harrow has done that like in his sleep in the playoffs. You know what I mean? So it's like at this point, like let's just be reasonable about what we're dealing with here. It's like, yeah, like to Johnny's point, like, these guys can get hot at any time. Uh, with the Heat, you know, they, they seem to have like no shortage of offensive weapons for whatever reason. It seems like no matter who they call on, all of these guys do the same stuff. They're going to be able to catch and shoot threes. They're going to be able to cut a lot, get to the rim. Like, they, they all have that heat system ingrained in them. You know what I mean? So, it's like – it's like uh, it's almost like, uh, you know, like a – what's the old adage? Like, you, you cut one down, like, there's two more coming for everyone. So, it's like, yeah. no matter who you pick off the heat bench, it's like, that guy's going to come in and give you hell for 15 minutes whenever he's in there. And it's like, is, is KCP and Kuz doing cardio for 30 minutes? Is that going to be – are they going to not mess up enough to be able to keep LeBron and them in it? And it's like, normally I don't feed into it, but like seeing how shaky those flaws have, you know, made the Lakers look at times. It's like, yeah, with the team as well coached and as a, a you know, as deep as um, the heat after seeing a, a team as deep as like the Raptors last year, win it all. It's like, I, I am drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit. Like maybe it is just talent wins out and it's Lakers and five and I'm crazy, but. I really think this is, is going to be like Lakers and six or seven. I'm going to lock in Lakers and six. Uh, I'm going to lock that in. The pod, right. But I like a part of me is going to like, I'm going to feel weird. Like it's going to be a game seven. I'm going to feel real queasy, you know, like that, that's, that's kind of what I really think happens. They're going to go seven games. And I'm going to be like, ah, man, man, if the heat really do this. Cause I feel like that's every series, every series, the heat go oh. a little further. And you're like, yeah. ah, if the yeah. heat really beat the bucks, ah, if the heat go to the finals, it's like what what's next because every time we think that's it that that's the end of the line they run out of luck they, they always find like another way to to get along what i find interesting about this is like what g alluded to is like you know there's two schools of building a team you know you go you know top heavy or you go deep and me i'm more of a fan of going deep you know trying to get the best players the the you know the most best players you can but Again, this is LeBron James, right? <laughs> you know, and this is Anthony Davis, who, like I said many times before, when Anthony Davis is cooking, when he's in his zone, he's the best player in the league, you know? So, like, and LeBron is always going to be there. 
Jimmy Butler said it. In order to win a championship, you got to go through LeBron James. Like, LeBron James has been in the finals nine of the last ten years. What That's a stupid incredible. stat. What is, like, like <laughs> not, not, not in a derogatory way. What is, like, what an actually stupid stat. Because in our lifetimes, in our, in our 30-ish years collectively uh, in existence on this planet, when in any sport have you ever seen just, like, you could pencil in one dude in the championship for 10 straight years in any sport? And people hold that against him. They use it as a bad thing. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? They prefer he loses before to save his finals record instead of making it to the finals. Amazing. It, 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 it'll, never, it'll never make sense to me how, like, the mental gymnastics that people go to with the LeBron or the MJ arguments. Like, I feel like it's very easy to just view this in, like, common sense terms. Like, to me, it's like – LeBron is very clearly two. Like, he's got to win more rings for it to be a clear case for one. Yeah. Because he has the longevity. He has all the individual accolades. He has three titles. Like, it would, it would need, like, he would need five probably to, like, really make the case. I know everybody says four. I think five. Yeah, it has to be five. I, th- I think five is be because you, you need to be unquestioned for that spot is my thing. Sure. You, need, you need to have, like, the most foolproof case. That's why Jordan's there now because he has all the accolades, right? So it's always just very strange that we can't ever just view this, like, responsibly. Like, yes, we, if you look at Michael Jordan's uh, non-finals years, it was him losing earlier than the finals. I, you know, like, that's also not great if you think about it. You know, so you can't really hold it against LeBron. I always thought that was a very stupid, stupid thing. Like, it, it is very impressive, okay? It's, ve- it's very impressive that he went for 10 straight years. It's not excellent, his results, but it is very impressive. It's unheard of that somebody does that. It is impressive, I, but Jordan, but Jordan going six for six in the finals is always going to be more impressive. It's yeah, just, for, it just is. That, yep, like, and there's no debate yeah. there. A hundred percent from the field. There's no debate. There's no debate. Yeah, that, that's why I think it's very silly. It's like these are both two of the most impressive things you could do. One is just more impressive than the other, and like it, it really doesn't need more argument than that. But you know, it is what it is. But if LeBron does get this fourth ring, do you really think? it really changes all that much for him. Because for me, all it really does at this point, I think more than the, the bullshit uh, GOAT argument, I think this more just solidifies his place as like firmly, comfortably the number two best player ever. I say that with no disrespect whatsoever. I'm not even trying to stir up the debate with the LeBron MJ thing. I just really honestly, respectfully mean like that locks you in. You have four rings. You're going to go almost 20 years. You're gonna start. You're gonna break probably the scoring record that he's on pace to do that, right? So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that kind of just continually puts him in in a place to be like, all right, f- four rings is now a, a lot. You can't really scoff at it anymore. You know, you you can. They tried to scoff at three. You can't really scoff when you get into that four or five territory. So I feel like it comfortably places him at two. I think that's about all it does for his legacy. Well, he's gonna own every record. And then he's going to create his own record. So he's going to own all the scoring records, all the assists, all the records we know about. Then he's going to create his own records because we're never going to see a guy win three different MVPs, three different teams. Because if they win this series, to me, he's going to get the MVP off narrative. So he's going to have three different finals MVPs, three different teams, three titles, four rings. It's like, come on. We're never going to see that again. Never going to see that again. Yeah. And then also, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, this is like something you hear like that happened in the 50s and the 60s in baseball, like 56 game hitting streak. Like this is like of that level. Like it will never happen again. Like 406 batting average, like <laughs> like these video game stats. Yep. Like it's never going to happen again. I don't care what they say, you know, oh yeah, each generation gets better and better. Like, no, like there's going to be nobody better than LeBron. 
Like because you need just, you need luck on top of all like the other things that you need to break for you. Like you need to have the talent, you need to have the work ethic, you need to have like the, the IQ. And he had, of course, he checks all those boxes. He works harder than anyone. He's he's more talented than anyone. But it's like on top of that, you got to get lucky too. Like he's never been hurt. Part of that's the longevity. You part can't of teach it, that. Like, part of it's a testament. Like, of course, he takes amazing care of his body, arguably better than anybody in the history of sports has ever taken care of their body. But, like, to totally prevent any, like, real significant injuries for 17 seasons is actually really insane, man. That doesn't happen. Like, normally there's, like, some sort of fluke. Like, ah, he he broke his foot. He's out two months. He'll be back. Like, he didn't even – what do we have? Like a hamstring tweak here and there? He he strained his back for two weeks once? Yeah, it was his back. No. So, like, like, what are we talking about here? He never misses time. Like, what a ridiculous thing for se- 17 years, Johnny. So the only time I remember him missing, like, significant time, which is two weeks, was his first year in his second stint in Cleveland, where he kind of underestimated how, like, how hard it's going to be. Because I remember, like, he had to take two weeks off. He was like, yo, Kyrie and Love aren't playing like I thought they were. I got to take these two weeks off. I, I remember. remember. Yeah, and I remember his first game back, he was like, he made like a crazy move, like a, a spin, and he took like these two steps, which were giant steps, and he just looked so strong. And he said it post-game, he was like, two weeks ago, I couldn't make that move. <laughs> like, so like just for him, then that's the only time it's like, that's not even injury. That's just to recoup. That was, that was PTO. That wasn't even injuries. That was PTO. Yeah. He, yeah, took exactly. his two, he took his two weeks off. He came back to work and felt great. He was all of us in that moment. And <laughs> yeah. so, so to me, it was like, yeah, like it's, it's an insane, it's an insane amount of time. Man. It's a lot. And the, it's like luck. And it doesn't like take anything away from him. But like, you know how it is as an athlete. Like we, we sprain our ankles. We roll something. We, we fall a certain way. Like just things happen over the course of games or practices where it, it, Fluke stuff. Freak, freak you, ste- injuries. you step on somebody's foot as you as you you make a step or you're driving to the basket or somebody catches you with an elbow. And he's avoided almost all of these things. Like that's actually really incredible. Like that does not happen in a career. Like to, to have a career like never get interrupted like that is like it really is special. Like when you think back, we we can think back to almost any season, any game LeBron was playing on any given night for 17 years. Yeah. Like that's it's very Kobe esque. Yes, it's an unheard of run in these days of load management and 55 to 65 games a year for most players yeah. to uh, try to, you know, extend their careers, I guess, is the argument. So, so what, Kobe, Kobe started, like, breaking down when D'Antoni came in. He wanted him to run and all that. And he was in year, like, 18 already. It, so Right? It was, like, around that time. The D'Antoni years, I think that was right after – like 2012-ish, if I remember correctly, because I remember I saw that D'Antoni team with Kobe at the Garden that year. It was 2012-13 when the Knicks were good. So it was right at like six, that's your 16 for him. Right. So he he was getting up there and he like, that was like his, the twilight of his career. Cause he was still killing it a little bit. It was, it was less, but he was still killing it. And then it was like, right after that was like really when his body just started breaking down. You know, and I, I, I attribute D'Antoni and his freaking offense to that <laughs> because <laughs> I don't. They were barely they were barely running the dance. Steve Nash was hanging on for dear life. Dwight Howard was trying. <laughs> Dwight Howard's back was being glued together pregame all the yeah. time. Uh, it, it really was not great. So, you know, it was more just it was time for Kobe. Uh, I, I think, but even then, like 
that that's what happens when you play every game every season for that long it, eventually it starts to happen to you and that's why like i think people are surprised every year it doesn't happen for lebron still yeah i think you you're we're also forgetting to mention like uh the kobe uh the Kobe thing looming in the background for LeBron, like the Kobe, you know, he wants to do right by Kobe. He wants to win this for Kobe. You know, he's going to go all out, man. This finals, he's not going to, he's good. He's not going to hold back. He has a, a clear motivation. Realistically, he, he'll never for the rest of his career, probably not have a better chance at winning a title. Cause right now he'll never be at a better physical peak than he is right now. Next year. We don't know how he's going to come in. He's going to be a year older. Like, I think he's going to come in hungry and just wanting to destroy. It's true. And I have another note. I want to cut real quick for an ad, but I do have another note on that um, that I wanted to bring up. So we will cut right uh, back. Word from our sponsor, whoever that is, and this given insert. And we will uh, talk to you guys in a second. And we're back. So we were uh, we just left off on LeBron's uh, wild, wild run here, uh, an unprecedented streak of doing this for such a such a long time. Uh, not not the clutch propaganda like you might be seeing in the media. Just an actual an ode, a, a respect to the run before he uh, tries to take on this uh, this battle for ring number four. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about on the LeBron front though was this is the rematch with the Miami Heat. Uh, I think that. Yeah. That got brought up today a little bit. I think it initially went under the radar very lightly, but now we're starting to talk a bit, uh, a little bit about what had happened uh, when he left the Heat. Uh, if you might recall, when he decided to leave, uh, Pat Riley was not very happy about it because <laughs> why, why would you? Oh, um, this was awesome. Why, why, because why would you? Like, and, and I don't even mean it to. I'm not even doing like a like a taking sides thing, but like you're Pat Riley. Uh, You've built a respectable organization. You know how, how how prideful he is, and you just win a couple rings there. You would assume that he'd probably want to stay a little bit longer. I, I think I would, but he didn't oh. because he's LeBron. He has his own plans, and you know it is. I what will it say is. this. I will say this. In Pat Riley's defense, he took it like a champ, unlike Dan, Dan Gilbert. Dan, Dan you know. Gilbert. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like, and you know, Pat Riley wants to win this. On LeBron, like you know, he wants to but prove also, it to LeBron. Also on the Lakers, because remember, Pat Riley's a Laker legend. True, true. So he gets to beat the Lakers. That it's so true. ironic. It's so ironic because who knows the Heat culture, who everybody keeps talking about, more than LeBron. Like LeBron essentially created this spokester culture. Yeah. Oh man, it's great. It, it look, right. it, it, it's going to be really, really good. I did like at least. I know they got to play nice at least a little bit. Um, you know, it was rumored back that LeBron had wanted Spolstra fired to get oh, replaced yeah. to get replaced with, I think, Pat Riley. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot of layers to what's happening here. But he was saying some nice things today about Spolstra, uh, basically, to a degree. I I think Spo gets a lot of at least Twitter love. I think a lot of those guys online are very X's and O's uh, savvy, and that's what they look for. And I think Spo gets his due there. But I think in terms of the general media. You know, Brad Steven gets a lot of love uh, just from being the, 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 the white coach from Butler. The boy uh, wonder. The boy wonder who, who never seems to do enough to win a title, but uh, always skates by like a, like, a, like a championship pedigree coach. But anyway, so like Brad Einstein gets his due all the time. You know, 
Pop still gets his because you know he's a. That, that's what happens when you you go to the playoffs for twenty straight years. You will uh, five yeah. rings. You, you're all set. Pop will always have that, which, which rightfully. But it it, was, it always feels like Spo's like never the third guy brought up. You know, it, it's always somebody else, or it's somebody else is the new hot thing. Uh, well, Spo- the thing is, it's because you know he had LeBron and he had Wade, and like you can argue those guys were bigger pieces than Spo, but now you can't argue that at all. When I was a believer, just important. When I was a believer in Spo, it was that Justice Winslow, James Johnson. We're going to the playoffs year, even though we're capped out. We weren't even supposed to be a playoff team. We were the band of misfit toys. And Spo, like, Winslow was the point guard. Like, James Johnson was averaging, like, I, I forget how many points, but he was, like, their leading mm-hmm. scorer. And the, the, Tyler Johnson was a big part of that team. And I was just like, what, like, what is happening? They went on a wild run after the All-Star break. They just stopped losing games entirely. I think they were – Deion up Waiters. Deion Waiters. It was like, bro – it was an unbelievable – I've never seen anything like that. And I was like, this might be one of the best coaches I've ever seen. Like, what a – like, any any other franchise gets that, like, group of misfits on their team, and they don't they do not do that. You know what I mean? Like, if, if that hall of free agents and young guys ends up in the Knicks, you look at them and go, oh, this is the exact kind of group that would end up with the Knicks. Like, the, well, what a weird roster. Like, they're going to get – this is a 25-28 win team. And then – Spolster's like, no, nah, I guess this is just a, a six seed for me. I, I don't know. I guess I'll figure it out. That's yeah. when I was like, all right, man. They had no, they had no picks. They had no money to spend. They're capped out. And he's, just, all right, man. We're just gonna go to the playoffs anyway. That's when I was a believer. That, that's that's when I was like, I knew he was good. But now I'm like, you got to be like a really special coach to be like, we're gonna start Justice Winslow at point guard. We're gonna get James Johnson's our leading scorer, and we're gonna go be the six seed in the playoffs. Like that sounds like a crazy person. If my head coach tells me that at the beginning of the year, I fire him. You know what I mean? That's a crazy thing to even say. And he pulled it off. He pulled it off. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how he's going to defend LeBron. Like, does he have any little, like, tricks up his sleeve that he knows about LeBron as far as tendencies, weaknesses, things like that? He should. I mean, yeah. I don't know if LeBron has a weakness, but yeah. He doesn't, really. Um, but it's a good question. That's what I was thinking earlier today. I was thinking, you know, how are the Heat going to defend LeBron? Like, what are they going to do? You know, are they going to throw – Jimmy on him right away. Is is Iguodala gonna start? Like what? If, like you know, because that's the only person they could they could they have bodies to throw at. They can't. They you know they could dust off Myers Leonard and put him on AD, and AD's gonna put him right back in the bench. Like they don't really have anybody for AD, you know. But for LeBron, you know, talent level, you know, of course they don't have nobody. But in terms of physicality, they could throw a few different guys on him. So it's they gonna be bodies. interesting. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what Spolstra does in, in, when it comes to defending LeBron. I saw them go heavy with the zone against the Celtics and completely flabbergasted them. I don't know how that happened, but it worked. I'm curious if they could do that against the Lakers, knowing that the Lakers don't have shooting like that either. But then against and, LeBron, LeBron probably knows how to break his zone. But the thing is, too, the Lakers, they don't really need their shooting to win. Every game that they shot above 30%, 30% in threes, they won. Uh, yeah. So just stay so average. Even, stay above yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they don't really need their shooting either. But, you know, they might need it this series. Like, because Miami hits threes. Miami does hit threes. They're one of the best three-point shooting teams all season. I don't know how you look at them and they don't frustrate you because they have every kind of three-point shooter that – you could really want, right? Like you have Goran, Dra- <laughs> yeah. you have Goran Dragic, who's like your classic, like 
combo guard, like scoring guard who he, he can, he could do it on, you know, off the dribble. He could do it, pull up. Then you have Tyler Harrow, who's, you know, the offensive dynamo who could do it any, any number of ways, step backs. He's going to kill you from all of his own isolation moves and tops everything else. You have Duncan Robinson, who's like Steve Novak reincarnated, except on a contending team that deserves him. And With more athleticism. More athleticism. Skill. Oh, yeah, he's an overall better player. He at least goes to yeah, the yeah. rim. You know, Steve Novak never went to the rim. But no. he's a good player, right? Fits him perfectly. But he's like sniper. He's he, low usage. He's never dribbling the ball, right? He's, he's, it, it's a layup. I'm taking two steps or I'm just catch and shooting, right? And it's like Jay Crowder, even another catch and shoot guy, but he does it a different kind of way than a Duncan Robinson would. It's like they have every kind of like three point guy out there that you could imagine to to attack from a number of different ways or strategies or angles because they're mad versatile, man. There's a reason yeah. they're one of the best three point shooting teams. So it, are the Lakers in their top defense going to be able to keep up with that? Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> so I can't wait. It's like until the first instance where. Kuz is supposed to guard Duncan Robinson. He leaves him open a few times, and LeBron screams at Kuz. Like, I can't wait for that. <laughs> it's going to be hilarious. Because you know it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. We got Rondo in the finals again. Like, does he become finals Rondo? Like, that's going to be crazy. He's going to become uh, broadcast TV Rondo, where he always puts up a triple-double every time he plays yeah. ABC or something. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe – like Ron, Rondo confuses me every year. I don't understand. I'm I'm always done with him. I'm always I'm out, I'm out on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. All right. He he had his he had his last run. Whatever. Right. And I've been doing this since like the the Bulls run. This is how long yeah. this is going on. I'm, the Mavs. The Mavs for me. The, the Mavs. The Bulls. Where it's just like all right, man. That's that that's it. He he's burnt his last bridge. He's finally out of here. I, with the Lakers, I was like, he looks cooked. This every every Rondo minute is garbage. They look awful <laughs> out there. They need to get this bum off the floor. Then he comes right back, back to back games, lights out, lights out, yeah. like second best player on the floor. And I was like, yeah. I, was like I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with Rajon Rondo anymore. I don't think anybody uh, needs to talk about what they expect from him because nobody knows. It's literally, it's a very wild card. And the thing is, he has so many intangibles like that we we downplay a lot. Like he has a lot of intangibles. Like when he wants to play defense, he can play defense. Like that dude has a long wingspan. He's very smart. One of the smartest players in the game. He's hard-headed, you know, he does, he'll make a stupid decision, but, you know, he's very smart as well, and I think that outweighs it, and especially now in the final stage where, you know, things are way more serious, I think he's going to play well. Um, yeah, well, Rondo, like, I always counted him out, like, and then he went to the Kings, and he played well with Boogie, and I was like, wait a minute, what the hell, and then he goes to Chicago, and you can argue Chicago was going to win that series if he didn't break his hand, you know, they were up 2-0. And, you know, then, then, you know, they lost. And then, you know, he goes elsewhere and he just keeps on continuing to have these long periods of playing well where you wouldn't expect it. So he's just a, he's just a, a gamer. So one of the last things that I wanted to touch on on this series is who's the one guy that you guys are going to watch in this series that, like, you really have your eye on that you think is going to make something happen? Not necessarily the X Factor or the star, but, like, somebody that you're just like, all right, man, like, somebody's going to shake things up. Like, there's always a random guy in the finals, somebody that comes along, somebody that, like, you didn't necessarily expect to have as big a role as they did. Is there anybody that you think is going to be able to shake free? I'll let you go first, G. For me, I would say, oh, he's expected, but to me it's Drogic. Like, if Drogic shows up to me, and nice. he's like the Drogic we saw for the series, the whole series against the Lakers, they have nobody to guard him. 
No he could change the whole series. So to me, I pick Drogic. Okay. I like um, that pick. I want to pick somebody on the Lakers, but I don't see nobody on the Lakers. Stuff. Like maybe K- if KCP can give you 15 points each game, maybe. But Danny that- Green was who I wanted to pick, but then I was like, nah, he's been too bad. Yeah. You know, in terms of X Factor, I don't really have one, but if, you know what's going to be interesting to me? To see how AD is going to come out tomorrow. To see how hungry he's going to be. To see how he's going to respond to this, how he's going to set the tone. Is he going to be reactive or is he going to just go out and set the tone? Because against Denver, he was setting the tone in that second half anytime. Like he was like, yo, just give me the damn ball. He was walking up and down the court screaming, talking a lot of shit, you know? And, and, and I don't blame, you know, I don't fault him for that. Like when you have those skills, you talk that shit, you know? So I would like to see how AD is going to, you know, if he, how he's going to step up or if he's going to play usual ad you know stat line that's a great point i feel like he always needs a kick in the ass first yeah like, exactly fire him up and then yeah because not he's he, just this dopey lanky dude yeah. like, no like be fiery yeah yo he said it he said it he said um he loves having rondo around because rondo will go up to him and be like yo you dropping 50 tonight like giving him you know firing him up you know like yeah. you know give him like you said kicking the ass yeah so I, I mean, Dragic was an excellent answer. Uh, that, I mean, I was basically in on Miami guards for this series. I thought Miami guards, whether it was Dragic or Harrow, I thought one of those two is going to be the one because I don't think, uh, I think that's the one spot that LA is going to struggle with. To be honest, with you. I think they're all set inside. Whoever it is that they're going to use from those bigs, whether uh, it's AD at the five, whether it's Dwight, whether it's Javale. They're going to figure out one of those guys that they like and they're going to use down low that's probably going to be effective because that's what they've done all series. They've given you a number of looks with, you know, those three that that has worked to check it as the top defense. But they've left a lot to be desired in the perimeter, which goes to show by the desperation signings of even J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters. Not that those guys were signed for defense, but they've just had overall perimeter issues. So I'd like to see, like, Miami guards have stepped up and found a way to be effective, whether it's Harrow in a series or it's Dragic. I think Dragic is the more key man here, like G pointed out, because uh, you vet. know you know, in the finals, you tend to fall back on your, your vets to some degree. You want the steadier hand at times. And not for nothing, but like Dragic is a guy who never looks like unnerved in any, in any – and it's not just like a, like a big stage thing. It's just like I feel like I've watched Dragic play in the playoffs like he's playing Tuesdays in the regular season. Like, he's just – he's always just out there balling, man. Like, he, he has the same yeah. – he plays the same floor game out there. He sees – he's a smart player. He plays the same kind of confidence every game. Can't really yeah. shake him up. He, I remember him back in Phoenix when he was backing up Nash. And he would come off the bench and, you know, he wouldn't really play the Nash style. Like, like you would think a backup point guard would. He would go out there and play his style. Yep. You know, being lefty and, you know, pounding it, going to the rack. And ever since then, I was like, damn, this guy is good. And then he went off. In that fourth quarter against San Antonio, like we 2010, went like, he yeah, killed he him single handedly. Like, yeah, he went like six for six in the fourth quarter or something, like crazy. I'm like, yo, this guy, this guy that has no fear. And yeah, and but the thing is, the Heat have Tyler Hero who has no fear. Like these, they have a bunch of guys who have no fear. Like Tyler Hero being a rookie having no fear is it's, it's impressive to me. 
they they just seem like a really confident bunch. And as guards, you have to be like you know how this goes. Like you got to be a little bit psychotic as a guard to know like right, I'm gonna sco- I'm gonna score on anybody. I'm gonna go out there. I'm yeah. gonna have I'm gonna have my same game. It's gonna be the same as normal. So I'd like to think Dragic's gonna be really big for them in the finals, man. I I really like just overall how he's looked in the playoffs. I don't know how you don't continue to bank on him. You know I think Bam's been like rightfully rightfully talked about and we all love him he's been a, mm-hmm. a nightmare matchup for all these teams i think i don't know if he's gonna have that same kind of uh free reign with the different looks la might be throwing at him um and vogel specializing on the defensive end i think if anybody's gonna be able to finally slow bam down it's probably vogel and the lakers um but i don't know how you game plan for Dragic, and if you do well then you're not going to be able to game plan for like harrow and i just feel like one of those guys mm-hmm. is going to be if Miami makes this thing go as long as it needs to go, like it's going to be because those guys are scoring enough to help the Lakers stay in it. I meant the, the Heat yeah. stay in it with the Lakers. So yep. that's, that's really my take. Cause I think Jimmy's no matter you, we all know how Jimmy plays. Like even if he's scoring or he's, or he's not, he's going to be doing something to positively mm-hmm. impact the game. Cause that's just what he does. He's like one of those Kyle Lowry winning players. Every metric loves him. He's always in the plus anytime he's on the court, good things happen. So, like, Jimmy's going to make something happen. Bam's going to make something happen. Are these other guys going to be able to, to do what they do best to help the Heat win, which is, you know, score? That's what they're there for. So, we'll see. We'll see. Just to, just to recap, what's your prediction? I have Lakers in six. Same. Lakers in like, – okay. Yeah, and I got Lakers in five. So, let's see what happens. But, <laughs> what's the, what? What's, what's Vegas' odds? Vegas has – if you pick Lakers in six, it's plus 370. So that means it's like the odds are that it goes probably Lakers in five. Lakers in five is minus 290. Okay. So Vegas, Vegas, is like Lakers, Vegas agrees yeah. with you, Johnny. Vegas agrees yeah. that. Vegas thinks it's a five-game series. They think, you know, good run heat, very respectable, uh, but it's, it's LeBron and the Lakers now, and, and you know, we're, we're, they're getting it done pretty quick. I don't know, though. I, I don't know. I'd like to – I think six, man. I, I I do six because of the coaching edge. I do six. I think Spo, Spo has a wizard game and gets them one. I think something happens. We'll see. I would love for this to go seven, but we, we will see. I'm going to lock in yeah. – I'm going to lock in Lakers. It almost feels like – it almost feels like it's too easy, you know? That's how the Heat have gotten me all playoffs. It almost feels like it's too easy with them. You, you expect yeah. one thing, and then they, they go a different direction, and then you feel stupid for having not seen it prior. So, yeah. We'll see. So we all took Lakers on this pot. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know what's funny? I was thinking about it as well. I was like, damn, Le- LeBron being on the Heat feels like it was 10 years ago, like 15 years ago. It feels so long ago, you know? And it's crazy, like, how the, the longevity of this guy. Like, we talk about it already on this pod, but I just wanted to bring it up. Like, it's crazy. Like, so much has changed in the NBA just five, six years ago. It's nuts. I remember his last MVP that he won was with the Heat. That's nuts. Like, what? do people remember that? The last wow. time he won MVP, he was on the Heat. It, it really, wow. it really is criminal that he he hasn't won more M- MVPs. Like, that's that, that that's a separate pod and conversation. But it really is criminal that he he you could do like the media voter fatigue after a certain point. I assume because that's kind of ridiculous, man. He never even made. He never won a, a defensive player of the year. No, you know, there, there's a couple of awards that have eluded him that he, you know, uh, he really should have. If we're if we're being honest, like well, when you do like the whole MJ argument, when we're looking back, yeah. like th- there's a couple missing that, like, all right, man, like they, hey, how many all defense teams has he been on? 
I think six. Six, right? But it's not. But it's another one where it's like that number should be higher. You know, like yeah. be very, very fun and a, and a nice thing for them if it works out. On the flip side, everybody loves the Heat, man. It's a fun team. Everybody loves these random young good teams that come out of nowhere and when they have there's always that one big personality that's like jimmy and so it's, it's a very endearing team you want to root for them if they win i i think obviously they're going to be embraced as an nba champion i don't think there's going to be a real asterisk here uh i think people are just going to be mostly happy like g said that they got to watch a good finals and that you know this team were to win so i think this is one of the rare like years we were hoping for with good parody was like something like this could happen where we get a finals where there is no true villain and it's just like good basketball on both sides. And hopefully Vegas is wrong and it's not five games. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I would like this to be a nice lengthy series. So we'll think see. about it. Look how, look how fun this year of NBA was with, uh, with more, with all this parody, you know, and, and credit again, credit to LeBron. He's still there. <laughs> He's still there. You know, he doesn't need the super team. He doesn't need the two extra stars. He did it back in Cleveland when he was, 21 by himself in 2007 yeah. he will you know against you know the spurs like he he, does, he could do it either he's gonna do it no matter what mm-hmm. definitely so on that note uh we will talk to you guys uh on the next episode i'm gonna be doing a uh little whistle round table with a couple of the gentlemen that just joined our our team lately so we're gonna have that for you guys this week we're gonna be doing uh some fun stuff on this feed for you so you know, excited for uh, everyone to listen and uh, hopefully that goes well, you know, so there's that. Uh, make sure you're following Whistle Sports on all platforms throughout the finals, the MLB playoffs, the NFL is back now. So uh, whether we're live tweeting, posting some stuff on IG, uh, IG make sure you're following us. Uh, subscribe to this pod. Helps me keep doing what we do here. That would be important. And uh, that's about it. We'll talk to you guys next time. Take it easy. Yo, thanks for having me. Peace. Peace.